I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Perhaps the biggest question mark heading into the Steelers' 2022 season is their offensive line. Who do they have on that line? How will that line come together? That's the question we're asking today. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. Welcome to the cutting room floor. Normally in the line we'd start with tackles or guards or some position, but we're gonna we're gonna start today with the guards. The Steelers have built their offensive line from the center out for a very long time, from Mike Webster, Dermani Dawson, Marquise Pouncey. They go to the center, then they look for guards, and tackles are kind of the last least important position. In 2021 and heading now into 2022, the Steelers have guards. And they're kind of filling the other positions around those two players. It makes sense. If you invest in tackles, you you have three people in the middle of the line that could be weaknesses. If you invest in your guards, every other player on your line is going to be good. I mean, if you successfully invest in guards... Every other player on your line is going to be good, but you've only really heavily invested into two people. The Steelers like to invest in their center, but having two really good guards is a great way to turn a turn less investment in an offensive line into good results. This year at guard, 
the Steelers brought in James Daniels. James Daniels was a center at Iowa. Really, really good offensive lineman coming out of college. He went to Chicago. He played left guard. He played center. He played right guard. In 2021, right guard was his breakout role. Presumably, from what we've seen for the Steelers, that is the role James Daniels is going to play in the Steelers' offense. Now, he's in an offense under Matt Canada that wants to do things that fit James Daniels really well. James Daniels is not a Kevin Dotson. He is not a people mover. He's quick. He's got great mobility. He's tactically sound. He executes complicated play designs uh, with both intelligence and athleticism. He's not a brute force player, though. He's going to execute well, but he's not going to just bully people. He's also, from the accounts we've heard so far this offseason, very quickly become the leader of the offensive line with both Kevin Dotson and Chukwuma Korofor referencing his vocal leadership and specifically for Kevin Dotson helping him with his development as a left guard. James Daniels hopefully is on the field and off the field the kind of leader this line needs and has been missing. They had great leadership for over a decade with Marquise Pouncey but they didn't have that last year. James Daniels addresses both the need for a guard for the Steelers and the need for a real leader on the team. And the good news is he's 25 years old. He was young coming out of college. He's he's now hitting his peak. He's now in his peak years. And last year at age 24 was really, you know, his breakout That's not bad. 23, 24, that's when you want a player to break out. If he was going to be a superstar, an absolute like Hall of Fame type player, you would have expected him to have broken out at 22 or 23. Uh, He's not that guy. He is likely going to be a very, very solid offensive lineman, though, if he can continue where he left off last season with his improvement in play. He's going to be a big deal to the Steelers. He's in between, we assume, Chuck Wilmot-Korofor at right tackle and whoever wins the center job, who will be a new player. So there, there's going to be three players who have never played next to each other on the right side of the offensive line from center, right guard, right tackle. He's going to be a big part of that. He's going to be the biggest part of that. He's going to be a big part of the Steelers' attempt to execute Matt Canada's outside zone, split zone, all his different outside running schemes, And all the things that come off of that. So much of Matt Canada's offense derives from playing off of blocking assignments in the run game. Like we look like we're blocking one thing. We look like we're going one direction. But we've thrown in this one wrinkle. And we're taking advantage of you if you're you're really going strong after, you know, this outside run play. Well, then we hit you with a pass off the same exact look. That kind of execution, being able to pass block and run block on very similar plays, very similar movements, being able to move laterally while blocking well, these are all things that James Daniels has shown he can do. And as the leader of this group, that could be important because 
he needs to show and teach other players, as well as kind of anchoring the unit in these concepts. James Daniels, on paper, from what we've heard so far, theoretically on film, all of it, looks like a guy who could be an absolutely great pick for the Steelers. What we've heard of him so far sounds like he is living up to it. The question will be, how does it all come together? But so far, James Daniels looks like exactly the right player for the Pittsburgh Steelers at right guard. Last year, the starting left guard for the early part of the season was Kevin Dotson. Kevin Dotson is kind of the exact opposite of James Daniels. He is not that quick, mobile player who blocks his best while he's running and the defense is moving laterally. He's not that guy. Kevin Dotson isn't so much a tactician or a technician. He's not out there executing with intelligence and athleticism. And I'm not saying he's dumb, and I'm not saying he can't move. What I'm saying is Kevin Dotson as a player, his strength is that he beats up on people. He is that guy. He's a guy who just goes in there. See that guy across from you? Push him around. Take his lunch money. Knock him on the ground. Make him feel bad. You know, embarrass him in front of all this, the entire, entire, front of the entire fan base. You know, that's Kevin Dotson. His best usage is inside zone, where if you give him even the even even a little bit of help on a block, knock the guy off, or at least just contain him where Kevin Dotson can get a hold of him. Kevin Dotson's going to drive that guy back and just bury him. In inside zone last year, when the Steelers' run game got going and had five games of 100-plus yards rushing, going through the point in the Detroit Lions game where he got hurt and the run game completely fell apart, his strength was an inside zone. And they would just bully people on inside zone. He is the kind of player that can absolutely be an anchor on an offensive line, especially in a run game, if you are an inside zone team. In pass blocking, if you get in one-on-one with someone who's really good, he he's, a, he's up for it. He's more than a match for that. He's fantastic. He has some problems to his game that we will get into here. But the first one I want to bring up is Dotson was a right guard in college. Every single snap he took in college was at right guard. He missed his first game of his freshman year. The second game of his freshman year in college, the right guard got hurt. He stepped in, and he played every single snap from there on. Always at right guard. Anchored that, locked that position down, and was an anchor on that line at right guard. When he came to the Steelers, he missed. He wasn't in the first game. Second game of the year, He's in there. End of the first game, I should say. David DeCastro gets hurt. Second game of the season, he starts at right guard. Looked really good. He especially looked good with Pouncey. Marquise Pouncey and Kevin Dotson were a great pairing. You had this phenomenal veteran leader who, who wasn't physically as good as he had been in the past. And you had this young, absolute stud potential guy who just bullied people who didn't really know what he was doing. Right. And so you had that perfect blend of 
experience and knowledge and physical ability. And they were great together. Dotson and Pouncey were great together. Last year, Dotson started at left guard. This offseason, he has talked about the struggle he had with the switch to left guard last season. Which is interesting considering he played at left guard in 2020. And then the entire offseason was training and practicing and playing left guard. He was at left guard almost the entire offseason. And yet, he struggled with the position, with the footwork, with, with hand placement and things. Just There were just things that didn't work. And he talked about he was using muscles that he wasn't used to using. He, had, he would get cramps. Now, obviously, if you've heard, the Steelers were reportedly unhappy with his offseason work heading into last year. And they've kind of shown that this season as in their discussion of Kevin Dotson. If you combine them being unhappy with Kevin Dotson's off-season work heading into the 2021 season, his statement that he really wasn't ready to play left guard, that he was having problems with some of the stuff, and then Adrian Clem leaving the team. I don't think that all is coincidental. I think that all goes together with his lack of development, the lack of training he was getting, all of it just leading to not so great results. Kevin Dotson has been talking about James Daniel helping him play left guard. We've also heard good stories about Pat Meyer, who James Daniels has praised as being a very good teacher who brought up stuff to him and taught him stuff that he says he hasn't known before. He hasn't been taught before and he's been in the league a number of years. With Kevin Dotson, the hope for him is that his technique improve can improve his comfort level on the left side can improve, and he can turn into the player he showed so much potential to be when he first came in at right guard as a rookie. But he needs to grow beyond that as well, because this Steelers offense isn't going to be just a power run inside zone, traditional pass block offense like it was his rookie season. This team wants to run a lot of outside zone. They want to do... A lot of different things with their linemen, and Kevin Dotson is going to have to be able to do that. I love the juxtaposition of James Daniel being a guy who can kind of anchor an outside zone offense with his ability to play, and Kevin Dotson is a guy who's absolutely dominant on inside zone. That is a great tandem to have if they're both good at the skills that they're not great at. If Kevin Dotson can be good on outside zone and James Daniel can be good on inside zone and then James Daniel can be great at outside zone and Kevin Dotson can be great at inside zone, then you've got versatility. You've got a line that can do a lot of things. That would be a strength. The major competition here is Kendrick Green. He played center as a rookie, but now he's working a lot at guard. And a lot of people have said he should be a guard and center wasn't a good fit for him. Kendrick Green's chance to become a good starting guard is to mirror James Daniel. Become a player who executes the play with athleticism and intelligence. Get his fundamentals down. James Daniel's a fundamentally sound player. Execute the plays, all of them. All the plays. 
at center. Green was at his best playing inside zone, especially next to Kevin Dotson, where he just had to provide some help but could rely on the guard to get the job done and then get to the second level and block linebackers. He was really good at that. He got to the second level quickly, got into the linebackers quick. When we had Dotson and Trey Turner both playing with Kendrick Green, that and they got together, they had some time together, they built some chemistry, that line was playing really well, and Kendrick Green was not a weakness. Kendrick Green was also pretty good when opposing teams didn't line up a defensive lineman directly across from him. He struggled when he had a nose tackle right there, and he had to snap the ball and get his hands up on him and anchor. He didn't do that well. Now, if he were to be the left guard, and we project him from last year to that, you're hoping that the center job, calling out you know, where the mic is, calling out the blocking assignments, snapping the ball and getting your hands up, were the problems in his game. And that if you take that away, he will be able to block people. He will be able to move people. He will be able to anchor against a pass rush, against a bull rush. Because we didn't see that when he played center. And if he can't do that, he's going to be an absolutely terrible guard. At left guard, I could see him inside zone blocking with Dan Moore where he's, you know, where he is combo blocking with Dan Moore Jr. and then getting off and getting to the linebackers. There's potential there. But you've got a question if he's the center, if he's the guard and Mason Cole is the center, is that going to give you a good inside zone blocking game? Is he going to be able to line up across from a high-end defensive tackle and not get driven back into the pocket? And we know Kevin Dotson can handle that. That's a big question mark for Kendrick Green. Kendrick Green's chance to beat out Kevin Dotson. He's going to have to show that the problem with his game last year was trying to play center. He's going to have to execute at a very high level on outside zone plays and also not be a negative when it comes to inside zone. Because Kevin Dotson, frankly, if you just line those two up, put a guy across from him and say, block that guy, Kevin Dotson, is going to dominate, and what we saw last year from Kendrick Green doesn't give me a lot of hope that he can even handle that block adequately. But we'll see. I think the best way for the guard situation to sort out is James Daniel at right guard, Kevin Dotson at left guard, and Kendrick Green as a swing backup who can also play center. I doubt the Steelers keep four guards, but there's always John LeGlue, who was a practice squad tackle, showed he could be a good guard, and actually did quite well when the Steelers simplified the offense for him and J.C. Hassenhauer. He did pretty good on inside concepts. He wasn't good on outside zone. He had that one fantastic game against the Cleveland Browns, but that was the only game he looked good in. Other games, he just was solid enough to you know, patch the bleeding of the Steelers' offensive line that we saw for a while. That's all for the first half of the show. I wanted to cover the guards and really dig into them. I think they are the most important position on this offensive line and clearly where I believe the Steelers have the most investment made. We come back after the break. We're going to talk about the centers and we're going to talk about the tackles as we look at the Steelers' offensive line. So stay tuned. I'll talk to you right after this break. 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back, Steeler fans. I'm Jeffrey Benedict. You're listening to The Cutting Room Floor. Cutting Room Floor is brought to you, as always, by the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts and by BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Make sure you're checking out all the podcasts on the Behind the Steel Curtain network, and you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your off-season news. We're right on top of everything. Steelers just signed defensive linemen. Larry Ogunjobi, I believe that's his name. (laughs) I have been on vacation for a week. I haven't had time to really learn too much there. Uh, But I I know we have multiple articles dealing, talking about him. Uh, We have a film room already out about that. We are on top of these things. Even, Even with me gone, things went smoothly. Lots of stuff came out. Lots of news. Everything was covered. Make sure... You're keeping in touch with the Steelers offseason with BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and all the Behind the Steel Curtain podcasts. In the first half of our show today, we covered the guards. James Daniel, Kevin Dotson, Kendrick Green being the main three. I'm not going to dig too far into the roster because the Steelers typically t- take eight offensive linemen. And I think as we go through this today, you'll see that those eight, there's a pretty good there's a pretty good divide between the front runners for those eight spots and the challengers, right? Those, the, the challengers are more long shots than, than close battles, in my opinion. Let's start with center. James Daniel was the Steelers' big free agent signing. He played center in college. There are people who have been saying he could play center. I don't see that. He is going to be the Steelers' right guard. That's where he played best. That's where they've been working him so far. The other Steelers free agent signing on the offensive line was Mason Cole. Mason Cole is a center who can also play guard, but he's at his best at center, and I think that's where he fits for the Steelers. In typical Steeler free agent fashion under Mike Tomlin, he had one of his best games of the 2021 season at right guard, facing off against the Steelers for the Vikings. Two weeks prior to that, he had a fantastic game at center against the San Francisco 49ers. He was on a very good streak of football, exiting the Pittsburgh Steelers game. The very next week, he faced the Chicago Bears. He faced off against Akiem Hicks. He was absolutely destroyed by Hicks on multiple plays. A lot of the, a lot of, it's a weird game because for a decent chunk of the game, he was looking like himself, and then there were plays where he would just absolutely get destroyed, which is not in most of his film. After that game, he was put on injured reserve with a hyperextended elbow. 
looking quickly, I wasn't able to figure out like where it happened. I have to, I'd have to go through the whole game and look at the plays and see if you can figure out where he hurt his elbow. But I will tell you that Akiem Hicks went to, to uh, Mason Cole's right arm a lot and had a ton of success going that direction, attacking that right arm. It's quite possible that bad game was the injury. He would miss the rest of the season uh, for the Vikings, and then he'd be assigned by the Steelers. If he is the player he was in the stretch of games before that Chicago Bears game, the Steelers have made a really good signing, especially for him to play center. He's fundamentally sound. He shows good teamwork, good sense of what's going on around him in the line. Very, very top level awareness. Like that's one of his big strengths is awareness, but also versatility. He fits a lot of different schemes, but he's very, he is quite good in outside zone. He can get overmatched. He is not a guy you want blocking top tier players like an Akiem Hicks, even if there's question marks on how healthy he was at that moment. He can struggle against high-end talent, which at center, that's not the worst thing. There's not a ton of super talented players playing nose tackle, and normally you can give your center some help, especially if the guards on either side of him are playing really well and are kind of anchoring the line. I think he is a really solid addition. I think he's going to be the starting center, and I, th- I think he is going to have a good season. The Steelers aren't going to ask him to be super good, and if he is smart and fundamentally sound, he's going to be very solid. He can play guard. like He's not like uh, J.C. Hassenauer, who we'll talk about after this. Mason Cole was a solid guard, and he was actually very good against the Steelers. He's not just a center-only player, so he's not a guy who's like, oh, this guy's physically big and strong. Mason Cole won't be able to handle him if he lines up at nose tackle. No, that's not the case. You don't want him facing, you know, Akiem Hicks, Cameron Hayward, uh, Aaron Donald, those type of guys without any help. That's all. That's his weakness. And that game against Chicago, they, they realized he was struggling. And you would see their rush patterns. They would isolate Akiem Hicks and Mason Cole. With, with a lot of space around them. They would rush away from that and kind of give an isolation rush to Akiem Hicks and let him just go after Mason Cole. And he consistently was having success on that right side. The backup center, I presume. I think Kendrick Green has a chance to be like that swing player, like I said. But the main backup center sitting here, especially if Kendrick Green wins a starting guard job, is J.C. Hassenhauer. J.C. Asenauer has really come a long ways since he was an undrafted free agent in 2020. He's still not able to play guard. He is not good when he comes in at guard. It is bad. But as a center, and especially as an only a backup center, he's quite reliable. For this season, he's going to have to get better on outside zone concepts. Pass blocking, he's okay. Inside zone stuff, he's solid. But there's a big question mark here with J.C. Hassenhauer, and that is how much do you want to carry a guy who is a really only a center, not a guard, and 
doesn't fit a lot of the concepts you want to run. I think this is might actually be a hard team for J.C. Hassenhauer to make. And if he doesn't, let's say Kendrick Green is your backup guard. He doesn't beat out Kevin Dotson. James Daniels and Kevin Dotson are your starting guards. Mason Cole is your starting center. Kendrick Green could be a very good swing backup on the interior, backup both guard spots and the center, which would open a spot for someone to take a J.C. Hassenhauer's job and spot on the roster away. That's probably my my easiest pick there, saying that's that's how you would get someone else on the roster, whether it was a John LeGlue or one of the new players the Steelers have added that are young. But J.C. Hassenauer is probably the least of the guys I'm going to cover the most here. He's he's the least guaranteed and the, and the most likely to be taken off this roster. Even though he's come a long way and he really has become a, a quite good center as a backup. Moving on to the tackle position. Chukwuma Korafor. Just got a new contract. He's a solid outside tackle. He doesn't show up much. And really, frankly, he disappears when he's playing well. When he's playing well, you just don't notice him. Which, like cornerbacks and offensive linemen together, if you don't notice him, he's probably doing his job. Like, that's what you want. It's it's not flashy in a great way. You're sitting there like, oh, look at him pancake that guy. Like a Kevin Dotson. You're just kind of taking it for granted. He's just there doing his job. It's not going bad. When he does show up, it's usually in a bad way for a Chukumo Korofor. For the Steelers going forward, that's what they need from him, is to just lock down that right guard position and just be solid. Just be solid. Be someone who can handle his business and not need a lot of help and not anchor the line, but, you know, just be that guy. We'd like to see more from him with the pay with the paycheck he's getting, but frankly, I don't, I don't see it. I think he's just gonna. We're, we're aiming for solid and invisible with Chukumo Korafor. On the opposite side of Chukumo Korafor is Dan Moore Jr. And like James Daniel and Kevin Dotson, kind of being opposites of each other, Dan Moore Jr. is an opposite of Chukumo Korafor. You notice Dan Moore Jr. a lot on film. You notice a guy that is an absolute bully, pancaking people, driving them off the ball, getting upfield and just throwing people around. You notice that. You also notice a guy that flawed, had very flawed execution and got beat way too much, especially in pass blocking. He's a guy that you notice a lot on film in both good and bad ways. Dan Moore Jr. cutting into his second season really needs to just work on his technique and his execution. His length, his strength, definitely there. And he developed quite a bit over the season, but you really want to see polish come into his game. Comfort and polish. Confidence, execution. This is this is the focus for Dan Moore Jr. heading into year number two. On the good side for that, he has a guy in Pat Meyer who almost seems hand-picked for him. I've talked about Pat Meyer a bit on on the cutting room floor, and I've done articles on him. He is a guy who is built to coach big, strong tackles who don't have the best footwork. That's really, his entire system is about that. One of his things is allowing guys to be more aggressive in pass sets instead of 
just you know trying to get back, find out where the defender is rushing you, and then try and get in their way and and use your footwork and anchoring and you know all of that and your agility to stop them from doing what they want to do. He is much more okay with offensive linemen getting out there and disrupting the pass rush instead of waiting for the pass rush to come to them, stepping out and and giving a good shove to an outside linebacker. I'd like to mention that when T.J. Watt has gone against a Pat Meyer coached offensive line, he has significantly worse results than he does against other teams and visibly shows more frustration with people getting after him and disrupting the start of his rush. T.J. Watt specifically is a guy who's super athletic, super hard to, to stay with in his speed. He uses his speed, his first step off the off the snap to, to put def- offensive linemen at a disadvantage, and then he has incredible counter moves. He always has a great sequence of rush moves to chain between, and he has incredible hustle. He struggled when guys came out and got on him early, right away, and boom, disrupt him, got hands on him, knocked him off his course, and then we're able to use that to keep him from successfully pass rushing. Pat Meyer, Dan Moore Jr. on paper seem like a perfect fit. And it really, when they when I first watched this guy talk about his coaching, he was in a coaching clinic. I watched it. The way he was talking, it, it just, to me, screamed Dan Moore Jr., just was like they got this guy for Dan Moore Jr. We'll see how it goes. If he can really pull it off and Dan Moore Jr. becomes a, a good enough pass blocker, a solid pass blocker, more versatile in his run game, but still keeps his ability to just bully people with that length, the Steelers are going to have a absolutely phenomenal left tackle. Last guy we're going to cover here specifically is Joe Hegg. Joe Haig came in to play tackle for the Steelers. He can also play guard. I don't know if he can play center, but I I know he hasn't recently. But in the last, I think, two years, he has played every single position but center on the offensive line as a starter. He has started a game at, like, every position on the offensive line. And he's played significant snaps all over. He's the exact kind of backup you want. He can play anywhere. He's solid. He came in and played really good at guard for the Steelers when uh, both Trey Turner and Kevin Dotson were down. VJ Finney was hurt, and Hassenauer showed he couldn't play guard. They were really in trouble at the guard position. Joe Hegg came in, played guard, and solidified it. The next game they went to, they brought up and went with John LeGlue because they couldn't start Joe Hegg at guard when he's their number one backup tackle. Joe Haig will remain in that role. I can't imagine people beating him out. He's very solid at it, can play both tackle spots, can play both guard spots. Just a very good reserve. I think he's pretty much a lock to be on this roster. If you count up the number of players I've talked about here, Mason Cole, J.C. Hassenauer, James Daniel, Kevin Dotson, Kendrick Green, Chukwuma Korfor, Dan Moore Jr., and Joe Haig, you get eight offensive linemen. That is the number of offensive linemen the Steelers usually carry on their active roster. They're starting five, three backups. Like I said, J.C. Hassenauer is the one I question the most as if he'll come around, if he'll make it again. John LeGlue 
could be the first guy in depending on what they want. You've got some other guys around, but the Steelers haven't really brought in anyone that feels or looks like a real threat. They've all got potential, and there's there's no way we can just write them off. Anyone can show up and have like a breakthrough season. We've seen that before. One wouldn't surprise me if it happened, but heading into camp, looking at the roster as it is, I'd say that's your that's your those are your favorites. And the starting lineup, the, pro- the projected starting lineup right now would be Chukwuma Korafor at right tackle, James Daniels at right guard, Mason Cole at center, Kevin Dotson at left guard, Dan Moore Jr. at left tackle. It's an interesting, it's an interesting line, and it really to me the right side and the left side of the line project to be so different. With Dan Moore and Kevin Dotson being just absolute bullies of offensive linemen who need to work up their technique and mobility in order to fit Matt Canada's offense better, but who are just absolute powerhouses in straight-ahead run blocking. Then on the right side, you've got James Daniels and Chukwuma Korafor, who are more technicians, not as likely to push people around. Very good blocking on the move, have great agility, it's, it's very interesting. And then for Mason Cole, who's probably the most balanced lineman. Not the best on, on the line, but the most balanced lineman on the line is, is at center. It it's just comes across as very interesting to me. I'm very excited to see how this team comes together. But I also, the last thing I want to point out is I've talked a bit about Pat Meyer. Pat Meyer likes tall and long offensive linemen. And if Mason Cole wins the center job and Kevin Dotson wins the left guard job and, you know, you got James Daniel, Kujokumo Korafor, and Dan Moore Jr. as the other starters, you've got a very tall and long offensive line. All those guys have nice long arms. All those guys are tall. No one's undersized. That's a very... That's a big line with a lot of reach, and that is a Pat Meyer offensive line. Obviously, on paper is one thing. Executing it in preseason, in camp, winning the job, playing well in games is a different thing. But I think the Steelers have made the right moves to give themselves a really good chance at a much improved offensive line. Could they have done more? Yes, they could have, but I think we've seen they had other priorities. They had other positions they needed to address. And I think they've done a good job with the two signings they did make. I think they've done a good job addressing the positions on offensive line. And I think this offensive line has a good chance at at least being good. They could even be a strength of this team, depending on how well they fit Matt Canada's offense and how well the passing game develops. A big part of offensive line struggles the last couple of years was the ability of the other team to load the box as Ben Roethlisberger's arm failed him in his older age and after that surgery. We'll see how it goes. I expect this offensive line to bounce back and be actually pretty good. That's my show for today. Thank you for listening. As always, have a great week. And let's go Steelers.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.